Yo, 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 yo. What's good, Bridge? You. Oh my gosh, there's heads. There's a lot of people here. You said there's no people here. No, I said there's a lot of people here. Oh, I was like, are you blind, brother? Come on now. What's good, y'all? Uh, welcome to Bridge Youth. If it is your first time here, we love you. You're the coolest person in the room. Um, yeah, let's get straight to family time. Wait, we, how are we going to forget the saying? If, if it is your first time here, we're here to build you up, not... Beat you up. My on, bad, on, bro. We can't, bad. we can't start a Wednesday fault, without bro. saying that. Come on. On me, on me. That's my fault. All right, all right. Back to what I was saying. Guys, we're going to get straight into family time. What's the family time question, though? So for today's family time, this has a special place in my heart. Mm. Do you guys like to eat cereal in the morning or at night? Ooh. So, ooh, I'm a night person. All so, right, stand up, meet somebody new, and ask that question. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Find those seats. Noah, what was it? What did, what did you prefer? I'm going, I'm going, I'm going nighttime. Yeah, Especially cereal after, night. after night, like Bridge Youth, get home. Yeah, you just, Dinner's get, a, not cooked. You just get a bowl of cereal. Yeah, nighttime. Off, 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 like off topic question, but do you have your cereal with regular milk or do you use almond milk, oat milk? Yeah, Where you at? if you're still drinking regular milk in 2021, like you got to go somewhere. We're doing almond milk out here. Almond, Almond milk, milk only. Yep, 100%. Unsweet. I believe there's like some show out there that like made people like, I didn't watch it yet. They're like, bro, if you watch it, you're not going to want to drink milk ever <laughs> again, bro. I'm like, yeah, I'll it's watch that. It's one of those that. conspiracy shows for sure. All, All right, right Noah. so now we are going to step in a moment of giving. And the ministry happens because of a faithful God and faithful people like you. And we know that. And from... The bridge, we just want to say thank you guys. And if you guys are new, like, there's no pressure at all to give. Like, you guys just chill out, sit tight. No pressure yep. at all. But yep. Ivan has some instructions and for you. And if you guys would like to give, over there by the door right there is a little box. And uh, 
There's a little station so you could drop off your uh, gift there, um, you know, uh, give it there. Or you can use the Bridge Church app and then select giving and then select Bridge Youth. So from there, you guys have two ways to give. But let's get straight into announcements, Noah. What's the first one? First announcement, y'all know it. We're trying to go viral. We're trying to get our Run it up. Mark. Follow us on Instagram, Come TikTok, on. Snapchat. No, I'm playing. We don't have Snapchat out here. We boycott Snapchat. Kidding, Corey. Kidding. <laughs> but follow us at Bridge, Y-T-H underscore. MySpace. Twitter. I'm just kidding. We don't have, I don't know if, we, we don't have a MySpace for sure. Twitch. We should get a Twitch. We should get we a should Twitch. We should get a Corey, Twitch. That would be Twitch. fun. We should get a Twitch. <laughs> no, Corey, Corey live stream, uh, sleep stream. We'll do that. All right, guys. Second, second announcement, we have our Sunday services. Guys, if you guys aren't coming to our Sunday services, you guys are missing out. We have our 9.30 main sanctuary, 11.30 youth. Join us for both. I promise you'll get like double reward in heaven if you do. All right, for our next announcement, all the college age students out there, if you guys are looking for, um, if you guys have like a passion for ministry or you're looking for like just to get your foot in the door for ministry, mm -hmm. it is not too late to sign up for School of Ministry. Make sure you guys talk to Mr. White tonight. And you already know to scan that QR code right there. It'll take you straight to the link. And... He's actually a School of Ministry alumni, yeah, guys. I can give you some pointers. I can give you some School of there. Ministry There's alumni. He went through know. the grueling task that they did. They, they did the whole hazing thing, right? All right, guys, our next announcement, our Bridge Men's Breakfast. Guys, this Saturday, I believe it is this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday, we have our Bridge Men's Breakfast. Guys, tell your uncle, tell your, not your aunt, tell your uncle, tell your brother, tell your cousins, uh, Guys, tell your dad. Tell them all to come through. Oh, we don't have the announcement or a graphic. But come to our Bridgeman's bre breakfast. It's at 8.30. Come through. We have a message, snacks, and coffee. Free coffee. All the ladies say, hey. Hey. All the ladies say, hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, I just want to do that. I never got to do that before. But next <laughs> Friday, September 24th, is our Bridge Woman. Now we're going to have worship, a message, and hangs going to be a great night so tell ladies tell your friends tell your grandmas tell your aunties tell your sisters tell your girl cousins anybody you know come out it's gonna be a fun night all the females yep all right guys so we're gonna get ready for worship guys so stand up come to the front get hype um I, we don't have to say anything about okay yeah yeah come on get hype let's go
getting ready for this moment. I just felt like someone needed to hear. You have something in front of you and you can either do the right thing or the wrong thing. And the right thing's harder and the wrong thing's easier. But I wanna encourage you with this. The Lord sees you, he meets you where he's at, where you're at, and there's obedience that brings blessing and disobedience brings curses. So I wanna encourage you with this. No matter the circumstance you're facing, no matter how small or how big, keep pursuing God, keep pressing forward, keep doing the right thing, because God sees that and he'll bless you for it. First Thessalonians 1 says this, every time we think of you, we thank God for you. Day and night, you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in following our master, Jesus Christ, before God our Father. It is clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but has also put his hand on you for something special. That God not only loves you very much, but also has put his hand on you for something special. God's put his hand on you for something special. So don't miss it by taking the easy way out. Get it, the first time, okay? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you're such a faithful God. We thank you that you see us in every moment, the high moments and the low moments. You meet us. You bring people around us to encourage us and equip us. And your spirit equips us. So tonight, as Quentin and Jake speak, I pray that you'd speak boldly through them, that every single student's heart would be softened to hear what you have to say. They would take something from tonight that would be a nugget that they would cling to this week. In Jesus' name I pray this, amen. And as you head to your seats, high five someone and say, literally, booyah. What's up, Bridge Youth? How are we feeling tonight? Come on, the Raiders won on Monday. How are we feeling tonight? Game opener. We beat, we beat the Ravens. Fozzie, we beat them. Everybody else in our division won. Thank God. That was a borderline miracle, you guys. Hey, whether or not you're a Raiders fan, um, welcome to Bridge Youth. We're so stoked that you guys are here. We're so stoked that you chose to spend your Wednesday night with us. We think that's so, so, so awesome. Hey, give it up for Evander, our stagehand host. He's a Broncos fan, but we'll, we'll forgive him for that. 
Broncos fans in the, in the house, huh? I got no qualms with the Broncos, except they're in our division, and I have all the qualms with the Broncos. Uh, hey, um, we know this, like, you guys are back in school. Like, they make you go to school for, like, 17 hours a day, and then you have, like, 43 hours of homework. That means you sleep, like, negative six hours a night, and you have such little time on your hands. And you chose to spend some of your time with us we think that's so, so, so cool. So thank you for choosing to spend some of your time with us. I want to say a special welcome to anybody who's brand new. Maybe it's your first time here at our church. Maybe this is your first time at church. We think that's awesome, whether you're here in the room or maybe you're watching online. We like welcoming our guests every single week in a way that never gets old for us. We like welcoming our guests by saying, <clears throat> we are here to build you up, not... And we love you, we back you, we're so stoked that you're here. Hey, if you're in the room, you're family, that's our one rule. And so tonight we're going to continue in our series entitled Journeys. Somebody shout Journeys. Journeys. And uh, I love when we do these series where we get to hear people's story. Because everybody has a story and everybody's on a journey. And tonight you're going to get to hear um, the journeys of of a couple people. I won't be preaching tonight. Everybody go, aww. I wish you sounded a little more disappointed, but that is okay because you're in for a treat tonight. But here's what this series is all about. In the book of Revelation, that's right, really quick Bible nerd um, uh, facts. If if you learn nothing else, you're going to learn something about the Bible tonight. It's the book of Revelation, not Revelations, singular, not plural, very important. Bible nerds get so mad at you when you go, oh, in Revelations, they'll be like, um, Revelation. You're like, all right, calm down, buddy. <laughs> but in the book of Revelation, it actually says, we, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus, and the word of our testimonies. The word of, everybody say word. The word of our testimony. What is your testimony? Your testimony is your story. It is your journey. And I just think that what, like, we might not know. Some of you got saved last week. You've been walking with Jesus a total of seven days. And God already wants to use your life. And you might think to yourself, like so many do, God cannot use me. Come on, anybody else ever think that? God can't use me. God can't use my story. And you might think like so many do, because I don't know all the, I didn't know it's Revelation and not Revelations. I don't know the Bible. I didn't ever go to church. I don't know all the things about God. That's all fine and dandy. You might not know any of that, but you have a story. You have a story. Look at your neighbor. Say, you have a story. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second, and tell them you have a story. Tell them, I just don't want to hear it because I chose you second. There's a reason why. (laughs) Uh, The truth is you have a story. And man, it is, can I just tell you, the best story you could ever write is not the one that you write with the pen in your hand. It's the one that you write when you take the pen of your life and you hand it to the author and finisher of our faith. You hand it to God and you let him write your story. And tonight you're going to get to hear from a couple people who have handed the pen of their lives over to God, over to Jesus, and allowed him to write their stories. You guys excited to hear from some people tonight, some Bridge Youth family? Hey, this this first guy, uh, he's been here in our church longer than I've been here, literally. Um, He's been here a long, long, long time. Um, he's become somewhat like a, like a little brother to me. Absolutely love this guy. Um, 
Uh, he is a twin. Um, he has a twin. He is in and a part of quite possibly the funniest family you'll ever meet in your whole life. Like you ever, you ever like meet someone like you're hilarious, you meet their family, nobody else is funny. They're all like squares, absolute squares. Not this family. This family, every single person in this family is funnier than Kevin Hart, literally. Like all of them make Will Ferrell look like he's boring, okay? This family is so funny and they're so awesome. But here's what I love more than anything else. This guy, he has been... Um, he has just been serving and a part of Bridge Youth since the beginning. Like, he has just been like, I, I'm just going to show up week in and week out, do whatever is in front. Like, this dude, if, whether he's on stage or off the stage, he's just wanting to serve God. He's just got that type of heart. Um, on top of that, he's, like, lifting way too many weights. <laughs> you guys, pray for him. I think he has a spirit of idolatry over, like, the gym and fitness. And, but, you know, honestly, honestly, um, this guy's one of the most genuine and authentic people that you'll ever meet in your whole life. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet, put your hands together, make some noise for my guy, Quentin Mitchell. What is up, Bridge Youth? It is an amazing evening tonight. Can we say that? Yeah, it is. But before we start, I just wanted to thank Pastor Corey and Amber, our wonderful pastors, for this opportunity I get to do and share my testimony to all of you wonderful people. So yeah, so just for you guys to get to know me, I am in a pretty good family, a large family, a family of seven, the youngest of five kids. I do have a twin brother. Quincy's right here. Woo-woo! I am the better-looking twin, by the way. Don't let anybody fool you. Even though I am the younger twin... And I do have an older sister, Janelle. She's in the room as well. Uh, she's kind of cool, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, some things about me. Other than me being the baby of the family, I do not get babied. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> but yeah, one of my favorite things in life is, other than lifting, is I'm a big nerd. And I love DC. I love Marvel. And I obviously, top of the crop, cream of the crop, the best thing ever is Star Wars. And I will tell you this. The prequels are better, but Return of the Jedi is the best movie. That's all I got to say. Just, it's so beautifully created, and it's amazing. And, when, and, like, with DC and Marvel, I did read the comic books. I didn't just see the movie, and I am that person. I read the comic books, blah, blah, blah. I know a lot of the things about it. So I can say with full confidence that DC is better than Marvel. 100%. <laughs> Batman solos your favorite superhero. 100%. He takes down Superman. He takes down Iron Man. He takes down Spider-Man. I'm sorry, but that being said, it is true. So, yeah, that being said, everyone has a journey, and this is mine. Let's start off with a word of prayer, all right? Dear Lord God, thank you for this amazing opportunity, Lord, to be able to share my story, my testimony, and that someone out in the crowd, at least one person, Lord, is able to walk away with just at least a piece of this and be able to relate, Lord, that they are, they are, they are going to be used by you, Lord, and they will do amazing things by you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so everybody, let's flip our Bibles. If you have a paper Bible, you are awesome. I have a paper Bible right here, but I didn't know that Corey was going to let me use his iPad, so kind of brought it for nothing. But if you have a paper Bible, you are really cool, and if you have a phone Bible, you're still cool, but I don't know. I'm pretty old-fashioned with the paper Bibles, you know what I mean? Like Corey said, if your Bible's not, if your Bible's not beaten up, you need to be beaten up a little more. No, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. 
But yeah, flip over your Bible to Genesis 17, 1 and 18. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 and chapter 18, verse 10. We'll get back to that. But like I said, I grew up in a very Christian household, a very warm and welcoming home. And I watched VeggieTales. I watched all of them. They were amazing. What's the cucumber's name? Larry the cucumber. What's the tomato's name? Bob the tomato. Who is better? Larry. Obviously. He was Larry boy. He had the tuba. He was better, obviously. So, yeah. And I grew up singing all of the little songs. Father Abraham has many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. Yep. I, I learned all of that. But, yeah, it was amazing. But growing up in a Christian household, something that was kind of implemented into my, like, brain, engraved into it was patience. And that being said, patience is something you, you, I've always heard, and I just kind of just shrugged away from it because it's, you always see, oh, be patient. Oh, you want to eat the Hot Pocket? Ah, oh, you got to wait. It's patient. But then you bite it, and your mouth falls off. You know what I mean? It's too hot. It sucks. But, yeah. And so, yeah. But with everything being patient, and I have to be patient with everything, Whenever I wanted something, my parents said, oh, be patient, or, oh, like, ah, like, I really want to do this. And they're just like, be patient. God has a plan with you. And that got old very, very quickly. Hold up. My mouth is dry. Let me get some water real quick. Yo, I got a really cool Spider-Man sticker right here and a Batman and Superman. Even I have a Pokemon card in the back of my phone case. Come on. Vaporeon, guys. Vaporeon's the best Eevee. That's all I got to say. But, yeah. And so, this is a story who likes stories? I know I love stories. So I'm going to start off with a story about me not being patient. So when I was about maybe six, seven years old, about 10 years ago, I was hungry. I was a little chubby boy when I was younger. I like to eat. And so when uh, I went to go to my pantry, and I was home alone with me and my other sister, Carissa. She was babysitting me at the time. And so I went to the pantry, and I grabbed the Easy Mac, one of the best snacks as a child. It was the best. It was easy. You put water and milk in the bowl, and then you put it in there, and you microwave it for like, I don't know, three minutes. Three minutes is too long. Then you get it out, stir it with a little like uh, artificial cheese. You stir it up, you eat it. It was so good. And so I went over to get my mac and cheese, and I always did it with milk because, you know, mac and cheese, dairy, milk obviously goes together. And I said, Carissa, there's no milk in the fridge. And my mom was at the store getting the milk. And she said, mm, use water instead. And I said, being the seven-year-old me, I said, water tastes nasty. And I thought it was the equivalent of putting water in your cereal, which you never do, obviously, because it's water, not milk. And I said, uh, I don't know about that. And so I grabbed my mac and cheese, put it in the microwave with no liquids, not even orange juice, no nothing, no milk, no water. I put it in the microwave doo -doo 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 -doo, for three minutes, and I went on the couch to watch TV. I forgot what I was watching. It was probably SpongeBob because SpongeBob's goaded. And so I was sitting on the couch, and the microwave didn't even finish my mac and cheese before I started smelling something. I got a good whiff of something, and I didn't know what it was. And I said, Krista, what's that smell? She said, uh, did you put something in the microwave? And I said, yeah, I put my mac and cheese. And she said, did you put water in it? And I said, why would I do that? I didn't have milk. And so we went over to the microwave. We opened it up. Whoosh. We get a big gust of smoke. Our smoke detectors go off, all of that. It was disgusting. And so I smelled it. I got a whiff of it. And she said, you're never, ever going to use a microwave unless mom and dad let you. I was seven at the time. So, yeah, I wasn't patient enough for my mom to bring home the milk. And I wasn't smart enough to put water in my mac and cheese. End of story. Make sure you put water or milk in your mac and cheese. 
So yeah, be patient with it too. <laughs> so yeah, but as you can tell, patience was something I never learned as a kid, even though it was something that was right in front of me. And that's going to be something very important throughout the message today. And so I just really didn't know patience at all. But fun fact, I do know patience now, guys. So that's good. And it's funny because I work in fast food. I work at Chick-fil-A. My pleasure, you guys. But yeah. <laughs> And so I know a lot about being patient with the angry Karens and the customers who say, you forgot my Chick-fil-A sauce. Well, actually, you asked for Polynesian sauce. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. You just ordered wrong. But yeah. So yeah, let's open up our Bibles to Genesis 17. We're going to be, re I'm reading through the CSB version. You guys can be reading through whatever you want. And if you don't have your Bibles on you or your phone, we're going to have the Sky Bible up here on the sides right behind me. It's pretty cool. So yeah, Genesis 17, verse 1 through 8. I almost said 18, but 8. So, verse 1. When we're gonna, Actually, we're going to be reading about the story of Abram and Abraham, but he goes through a name change from Abram to Abraham, and we're going to go through that right now. So, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will set up my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell face down, and God spoke with him. As for me, here's my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. That is very important. Your name will no longer be Abraham. Your name will be Abraham. For I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful, <laughs> extremely fruitful, and will make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout, your gener throughout the generations. It is permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and your future offspring, I will give you the land of where you are residing, all the land of Canaan, as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. That was a lot. Now let's read chapter 18, verses 10 through 12, a little bit shorter. But the Lord said, I will certainly come back to you in about a year's time, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent behind him. Abraham and Sarah were getting old, were getting old in their years and their age. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing, so she laughed to herself. After I'm, worn out and, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I have delight? Yeah, so yeah, that's, verses, that's the story of Abraham. Not the full story, but you get the gist of it. So now, we just read in chapter 17 that God will father Abraham with many children. He'll be fruitful. He will have nations. Many, he'll be the father of many nations. He will, give birth, uh, he, will be, um, he will have descendants of kings of many nations. But we just read that him and Sarah are too old to have children, to bear children, which is pretty weird. You know, that's like the science doesn't work like that. They were too old. They couldn't do it. I'm not going to go into the science. <laughs> but, yeah. And even Sarah, she laughs about it. She laughs, she laughs about it. She's like, ah, ha, ha, I'm too old. I can't bear children. I'm too old. And it's just kind of funny that when we see something that's impossible for us, we laugh about it. But when God says it, it says something that's impossible. It's, nothing's impossible for God. And just because we think it's impossible, it's never impossible for God or through God for something to happen. And so, yeah, and we often don't, like, we generally don't, what's it called? Uh, we don't truly understand and fathom the power of God and how he is above all worldly and humanly things. He can cure any sickness, any disease, anything with age or anything. And he is that powerful of a God that he can cure with just like a snap like that. Just like Thanos. Woo! See, I'm, I'm a geek, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but just like that. So now we're going to go read into Luke 18, 27. This is going to be the NLT version. I'm going to let you guys flip to your Bibles to Luke 18, 27 while I get a drink of water because I am thirsty again. 
Yo, who said drink up? <laughs> Is that Marco? Yes, sir. Come on now. So, yeah. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 27. What is impossible for people is possible with God. Do you ever feel like God is calling you to do something that is, like, utterly impossible? Like, I don't know about for you, but, like, I'll be, like, lifting weights. I'll be going for a new PR, personal record, if you don't know what that means. I'll be going, I'll be deadlifting. I'll be getting, like, four plates on the side, and I'll be looking at it, and I'll be like, yo, that's impossible. I can't do it. But then I go up. I pick it up, and I'm like, yo, I just did that. That was possible. And I was like, that's like God. He can do anything through us. Well, yeah, we can do anything through him. My apologies just to get that through. But, yeah, notice how God chooses to give Sarah and Abraham the news after their, after the, the age of bearing a child. It's kind of funny, and that's what we're going to talk about is how, write this down, okay? God's timing is everything. We're going to have a graphic up there. God's timing is everything. You know, you may look at your watch, you're running late. Oh, no, 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 I'm running late. Maybe your watch is off and you're actually early. That's kind of like God's time. You're looking at your watch, you look like you're out late. But really, on God's time, you are on time for everything. And so growing up in a Christian household, I actually never realized it until, like, right now. I actually grew up in a very, uh, like, a very, like, amazing home. And I never actually had to struggle in life. You know, I always had those, like, you know, little struggles. Oh, Quincy took my toy. Oh, you took my food. You know, those little struggles like that. But um, unlike Corey, he, like, I grew up in a very nice home. I didn't have to struggle with anything. I didn't have to worry about my lights going out. I didn't have to worry about when my next meal was coming. Because obviously, I was a little chunky kid. I had food. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and it was just very, I never realized, I took it for granted about how uh, just, I never was able to struggle in life. So growing up in a Christian home, I would always see uh, God work miracles in other people's lives. Like Corey said, uh, God came to him uh, when he was, God, he uh, came to Corey when he was 15 through his friend Kevin, which is an amazing story. If you didn't watch his story last week, go watch it on our Bridge Youth YouTube. It is an amazing story, and it is just very heartwarming with him and his friend Kevin. And so Growing up, I would always see God work miracles in other people's lives. And so that never, like, of course, I always believed in God. I always knew he was there. But I just never felt connected because, you know, he would always work through other people and never me. And so it was just kind of weird. And I remember when I was at the age of 13, I believe, maybe four years ago, when I first heard Corey's story, I said, wow, that is so cool. I kind of feel useless because Corey, when he was around that age, 13, 14, 15, that's when, that's when he learned to meet God. But then, sorry, <laughs> I had fruit before this, sorry about that. But yeah, it was just, I felt useless. But Corey's story, it was amazing, and I just felt kind of useless from it. But it's, it, was, it just worked out perfectly from it. And so I didn't know, like, how would I be able to witness somebody with God, about God if I knew God all my life when that person didn't know God? Because God was my BFF since I was like six, you know what I mean? When I burned my mac and cheese in the, in the microwave. So, yeah, it was just very, it was very rough for me. But did anybody else, like, and I would always ask God, like, can you use me? Like, when will you use me? And I was just getting very impatient. Have you guys ever felt like that? You always pray to God, can you use me? When will you use me? I would always ask them, I ask him that all the time. But, yeah, and I would always um, try and go out to my community and just uh, share the word of God. But I felt like I wasn't doing anything significant to people's lives. And it just, just kind of just bummed me out a little bit. But. Uh, last, uh, last year over, uh, 2020 with COVID and everything, with the restrictions going on and everything, it was a rough time for me and everybody else too, I believe. 
where I just kind of felt very complacent and stagnant in my faith, where I kind of, I didn't, I didn't like, like walk away from my faith, but I just felt very lost throughout that season. I'm sure a good handful of you felt the very same with COVID and everything. And so it was just very rough. But last, uh, this past summer, we had, the, we had the opportunity with the COVID restrictions lifting a little bit. We had the opportunity to go to summer camp. And I remember the week before, I was in the shower doing my little thing, showering, woo singing or whatever. And I was just started praying to God. I said, God, summer camp is next week. I'm not asking you. I am telling you to show me what my purpose is. I am feeling it right now. You are going to show up at camp right now. I'm not asking you. I am telling you. And so I remember the very day and the very night. It was the Tuesday night at camp. We were doing worship. We had worship. It was amazing. We had everybody crying, the girls crying, some dudes in their huddle crying, but they couldn't show it, you know what I mean? But, yeah, <laughs> and so I just remember I was asking, I was telling God, I was like, all right, God, I know you're going to show up right now because something about the Tuesdays at camp just hit different. The food, that's when we get the first eggs. Don't eat the eggs at camp. Something's in it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just I remember God telling me, this is what, and have you ever felt something that, you needed the answer to something, but it was right in front of you, but you never knew it. This is, this, this is what exactly what it was. And so I asked God, what can you, like, what, what do you want me to do? And he told me these words. He said, actually, no, sorry about that. Let's, re, let's retrace. Monday night, I felt, I, when we went to bed, I had a dream. And I didn't think much of it, but it was about me um, just sharing the word in, like, just a small, like, area. And it was just, it just felt kind of weird. I woke up. And I just felt very confused by it. And I went to go talk to my mentor, JJ. He's an amazing guy. He does not go here. He is in school right now. Rest in peace, even though he is not dead. But we love him still. He is pursuing his education. Come on now. And so, yeah, I went to go to JJ. And I talked to him about it. And I said, yeah, like, I don't know. It just felt kind of, like, off than my other dreams. And I know God can speak through people within dreams. Like with Joseph, he was able to speak through the dreams. It's Joseph, right? Yeah. And so he was able to do that. And so I asked JJ to pray for me about it. And he did. So, Later the night comes, Tuesday night comes, God tells me this. He says, I have it written down, sorry about that, but he tells me this, go and be a light on your school campus. But then I remember, I thought to myself, I was like, God, aren't we supposed to do that anyways? But then I remembered, I never really, like, had the desire to be a light on campus even before school started, like, um, like my sophomore year before COVID happened. I just never kind of like felt that desire to be a light in the world and I just kind of it just kind of clicked in me and I was like wow that's like really like kind of funny <laughs> like I just never thought that it was right in front of me and I was staring right at it but I just didn't look at it and so afterwards after service after worship I went over to one of my good friends Levi Herrick where is he at is he in the building oh he's working he's the drip coffee master that's all I gotta say <laughs> he works at a coffee shop the press it's pretty good but yeah, I go over to Levi because he goes to Marietta Mesa. Go Rams, baby. Woo-woo. Yes, sir. My Rams over there. <laughs> and so I go over to him, and I'm just like, Levi, I need to talk to you after service. And he tells me the exact same thing. I need to talk to you after service. And so we go over to cabin time, and I go over to him, and I said, dude, I just felt God telling me I need to be a light on campus, and I feel called to start a club on our campus. And Levi, he tells me this. He says, bro, I was literally going to tell you the same exact thing. Very funny how God works. God has that sense of humor. It's true. It's very real. And he just tells me how he had a club over um, before COVID happened. And he said it wasn't doing the very best, but this year they wanted to restart it. And I said, dude, it's going to happen this year. And so it was just amazing how, um, like, just me being patient, I, like, God just blessed the opportunity upon 
me, Levi, and a few of our other students that go to Mesa, Isaiah and Masoma and Quincy and Levi, and it's just amazing about how we're able to start that. It is becoming very soon over at Marietta Mesa. Stay tuned for it. We'll give you more information about it. But yeah, it was just so amazing about it. And all I got to say is do not do your journey alone. That is something everybody falls short of is that they think, oh, it's just me and God. But God made other people for a reason in your life. He made friends. He made your family so they could be there for you, so they could be right there in the world with you. Do not do your journey alone. So yeah, so we, that like just an amazing opportunity God has uh, put on my heart and just that I'm able to do. So yeah, remember, God's timing is everything. So let's jump back over to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 21.1. So Genesis 21, verse 1 through 5. Lord came, the Lord came to Sarah as he said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Ding, ding, ding. Sarah had become pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the appointed time, God had told him. Abraham raised his son who was born to him, the one Sarah bore to him, Isaac. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him and God had, as God has commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when he is Isaac was born, when his son Isaac was born. Imagine being 100 years old and, being, and having just a little baby in your arms with you got gray hair going down your, all the way to the ground. You hold a little baby and say, this is my son. That's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but it's just amazing how God, would, like, how God kept his promise. Uh, he said, this time next year, you will bear a son. And guess what he did? The year after, the same exact time, they bore a son, Isaac. And guess what happened with Isaac? Isaac later became the father of Jacob. And Jacob later became the father of 12 sons. 12 is a lot of kids. But back then, I don't think 12 was a lot. So, <laughs> but yeah. And so 12 is a pretty, um, what's it called? It's an important number for this because 12, it's the 12 lines of Judah, I believe. Or it is the 12 nations of Israel. And those 12 sons later become the 12 nations of Israel, the 12 rulers of Israel. And you know, and remember what God said? Abraham will be the father of many nations, and he will be fruitful and have, uh, be the father of many kings. And that's what he did. So, yeah, look at your neighbor and tell them, be patient. Tell your other neighbor, be patient. That's a little hard, I know. But I'm, I'm going to say patience a lot throughout tonight. So, yeah. So, one of the first points I have, look at God's watch, not yours. Very important. I'll say it one more time, and it is up there. Look at God's watch not your own. Let me say this another way. I felt very useless in the kingdom of God because I thought God can use a story like me. Like, I felt very boring growing up because, like, you know, I kind of, like, lived a very, like, you know, uh, I didn't have to struggle. And it felt, like, not boring, but it just felt very, uh, can't really relate to other people. You know what I mean? But, yeah, when in reality, I just had to be very patient, which I later learned throughout life. And just remember this. I'll use a quick analogy, another food analogy, because we, I love food. We all love food. So think about this. Your, 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 purpose, your purpose may be like pork chops and must be put in a slow cooker when you get home from school. And so you got to wait all day long until you get to eat. But you get to eat your pork chops. That is your purpose. So you got to wait a little bit. But, yeah, some, some, for some people... Theirs is like Uncle Ben's one-minute rice, where they could just pop in the microwave, put it for one minute, and it goes on for a minute with water, not, <laughs> not no water or milk. Remember that? 
But yeah, there's, sometimes there's a little quicker like that. Not saying it could be yours, it wasn't mine, but it could be yours, your, or yours could be a slow cooker like it was mine. And so yeah, and what did God call Abraham to do? To become the father of many nations. And when did it happen? It happened when Abraham and Sarah were not able to bear a child. And notice how God does it when it's supposed to be quote unquote impossible. But God did it because it was his timing so he could show how truly great he is and how like truly powerful he is. So he could do it when everything is virtually impossible through us, but not through him because you can do all things through Christ. You know what I mean? So yeah, sometimes you know exactly what your what is, what your purpose is, but you don't know when your purpose is. And that's what I kind of struggled with. So you could probably relate to me. Come talk to me after service. I'd love to hear your story. Talk to me about it. Maybe talk to Quincy about it too because I know next week he is preaching next week. Woo-woo. Come on now. Don't miss it next week. It probably will be better than mine, but let's get it. So yeah, remember, just keep an eye on God's watch, not yours because his timing is perfect. All right, so point number two, look at God's map, not your own. So I got a little illustration. So raise your hand if you like parts of the Caribbean. Yes, sir. Johnny Depp, come on now. Orlando Bloom, he is a very beautiful man. That's all I got to say. He also played Legolas in uh, Lord of the Rings, and he was amazing in it. So, yeah, what do pirates do? They go and steal. They go get the treasure. But what is the treasure? The treasure is in the ground with a big fat X on the map like this. Boop, boop. But, yeah, but also the, the X is supposed to represent the treasure. But, you know, also X represents... I'll give you this. Thank you. You did not know. <laughs> but yeah, X is actually the Hebrew symbol of Christ. So all of you crazy Christians, Karens on Facebook can calm down about how they're saying, oh, they're saying Xmas, they're getting Christ out of Christmas. No, they're not. It's just an abbreviation. Calm down. You could scroll with your minion post or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes, so with us, the X is the treasure. It is the way, the truth, and the life. It is Christ. Christ is the prize. He is the treasure because he is the way and the truth of the life. So us, we're like pirates, except we are nice. We're the pirates who don't do anything. Like I said, VeggieTales, baby. Come on now. So yeah. So say this was me. This is my little pirate boat. That's a terrible pirate boat. So yeah. So say we all have the same destination right here, the X, Christ. So we're going to go up here. This this was my story. It's very... Oh. Quincy stole my toy. Uh, oh, I fractured my face. Uh, I actually did fracture my face playing baseball. <laughs> it, was, it was rough. That's a story for another time. But, yeah. And so we go up and, boop, I got to Christ. But say this may be somebody else's journey. They're right here, and it's, boop, that could be their journey. Very, um, it's just right there. Or it could be like somebody else who's all the way right here. And they maybe struggled with a lot of different things. Maybe they're, oh, their parents got divorced. It could be maybe, oh, I, I, I'm suffering with depression. But as you continue to go on and on and on, you still make it through Christ. And so the different, the different um, squiggly lines represents the different struggles we've had in life. And so some of us may have uh, suffer, uh, sailed through rough waters, another pirate term. Some of us maybe have gone through Pretty uh, mellow storms, mellow storms, as I say. That's the oxymoron, mellow storms. But yeah, the map of life, Christ is the treasure. X marks to the spot. X is a symbol of Christ. Remember that. It is the Hebrew symbol of Christ. So yeah, and no matter what, 
It is Jesus. He is the answer for everything. It's like the little kids when you ask them, oh, what would you learn at Sunday school today? Jesus. Okay, but what would you learn? Jesus. Okay, well, what would you write in your little paper? Jesus. No, that's actually Noah and his ark. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, that is what we have to look in the world is for Christ. If you do not know what's going on in life, just something's, like, it all goes down to the floor and you don't know what to do, go to Christ, the X. Go to Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So, yeah. While you might look at one person's journey like I have and thought, wow, theirs is so cool, but mine, mine's kind of very boring. It, like, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It does mean something. And I know for a fact you are going to do amazing things in life, and God is going to call you for greater things in this world. It could be greater than mine. It could be greater than Corey. It could be greater than Amber. But it's going to be through God, and it's going to be amazing. So, yeah. Look at God's map. Not yours. Because like I said, have you ever used the GPS on your phone and you're going through it and your mom's using it or whatever. And you're going, you're going, you're going. And it says recalculating and it goes the other way. It's going to fail you. But remember this. Through God, you will never fail and you will be on the right spot on the map. So remember these two things. Look at God's watch, not yours. And look at God's map, not yours. So yeah. Your route may be different than mine. But as I conclude with tonight... I just want to conclude in prayer. And so, yeah, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Dear Lord God, thank you for this amazing opportunity, Lord, to share my story and share my testimony. And I pray that at least one person was able to grab something from it and realize that they are not alone in this world. And they have, some, they have bigger plans for them, whether they feel very impatient. Lord, I pray that you will give them patience, Lord, for what their purpose is in life, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you will do amazing things for them, for all of us around here, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for Quentin sharing his story? Great job, dude. Thank you. Hey, you can, you can take this. Not that you can have it, but you can hold it for now because Jake, Jake brought his iPad. Hey, man, there's a couple things before we bring up our, our next speaker that I just want to, a few things that, that Quentin said that were so good that they bear repeating. And it's really interesting in the, the way in which uh, Quentin kind of connected some of my story last week um, to his story this week, and, and here's the thing, I disqualified myself from being used by God, and Quentin struggled with the same thing, disqualifying himself from being used by God. Don't so, did you know Moses did the same thing? Moses said, hey, uh, God comes to Moses, hey, I want to use you, and he's like, oh, no, not me, use Aaron instead. Don't use me, use Aaron instead, he's way better, and, and God's like, well, but I'm calling you. Here's the thing. I thought that my story was too broken. Quentin thought that his story wasn't broken enough. Isn't that hilarious? I'm over here thinking God could never use me. My story's too broken. My story's too messy. My story's too messed up. Quentin's over here hearing my story thinking, well, my story's not broken enough. Like, I think I might, like, my story needs to be. And here's how I see this. With, with this, like, this was a great analogy that, that uh, Quentin gave us. That X marks the spot. Here's the thing. No matter what your story is, no matter how you were raised, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your journeys look like, no matter the waters that you have sailed, all of us, every one of us, the answer is the same. Those of you who are in the room who are, who are a Christian, and maybe you're thinking like Quentin is about doing something on your school campus. Can I tell you, we have the answer the world is looking for. Somebody say amen. And the answer is Jesus. It's, 
And the answer is the, the, the kids' ministry defaults to Bible trivia. Who parted the Red Sea? Jesus. Well, I mean, it was Moses, but I guess God empowered Moses, and Jesus is God. Wait, wait, don't take, my, don't take the board yet. Just stay up here with me for a second, Evander. We didn't plan this out. I just want to use this. Isn't Evander good looking? Here's the thing. What I, what I love about, what I love about uh, Quentin's analogy, he didn't dig into this. He didn't, uh, like his, he, he came at this from a different um, perspective in that, you know, his, his uh, <laughs> your journey looks kind of like a person's face. You know, it's like, here's their eye, and maybe you can, like, give them a hat, you know? It's like, here's their ear. Like, your journey was like a person. But he, he focused on, like, you know, this person's journey was just like, boom. Like, the church kids who you've been in church since you were in the womb. It was like, you came out of the womb, and it's like, boom, saved. <laughs> like, you didn't even have an option. You were just, like, Christian from day one, right? Like, you, you were in baby dedication class like that was you and then some like your ears is kind of squiggly and you know Quentin's looks like a guy wearing a hat and but well one of the things he didn't mention was how everybody had like kind of a different starting point and someone's over here and someone's right here and someone's way over here and the marker's running out but no matter what your starting point is and no matter what your journey is can I tell you x marks the spot Jesus is the answer that you're looking for. No matter what the details of your story are, no matter what you've struggled with, no matter the family that you were raised in, you might have been born into a family that's not Christian. Jesus is the answer. You might have been born into a family that is Christian. Jesus is the answer. One of the things that Quentin and Quincy have probably had to struggle with that I never had to was questioning whether or not their faith is real for them or if it's just inherited. I don't know that struggle. Many of you do. This is why I love these series. That, thank you, Evander. You can take this guy. Hopefully it's not too heavy for you. Come on, Evander. This is actually like talent right here to get that thing down the stairs through the curtain that doesn't really open, only partially. And he did it. All things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. Even those PRs in the gym. I didn't know what PR meant until you said it in the message right there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. The fact that you, that's actually kind of sad that you believe that. <laughs> um, maybe tonight you feel like, maybe you feel like, hey, my story is too boring. What's my story? I, I, I've been walking with Jesus as long as I can remember. Can I tell you that's the coolest story? That is such an amazing story to be able to go and tell people, I never, if I already have the answer, why would I go into the world and look for it? I've been walking with Jesus my whole life, never, never saw or felt the need to go and walk away from him. That is an amazing story. Maybe you're more like me, and, and, and you didn't come, you, you're, maybe you didn't come to Jesus till later in life. Maybe you still haven't come to Jesus. That tonight can be your night. It can be that crucial point in your story. Or maybe you're like Quentin in that You've walked this journey for a while, and you've had these moments where you're like, I feel like God wants to use me. I think that God can use me. It just kind of seems like he's not yet using me. Can I just tell you, um, I, in my broken story, I didn't have really grandparents, um, but I had one grandparent that I knew. It was my stepdad's mom. We called her Nan. 
Um, I don't know why white people call their grandparents the weirdest things, and we don't just call them grandma and grandpa, but I don't know. We call them nanny and nan and Mima and papa. And like, I don't know why we do this stuff, you guys. I'm not sure. But for me, it was Nan. And, and Nan was the sweetest lady. And Nan, Nan would, um, she would cook things in the crock pot. My mouth is watering as we speak. And don't get me wrong, I love stuff in the microwave. I'm a cup and, I'm, did you know it's cup noodles? It's not cup of noodle. It's not cup of noodles. It's literally, look at the cup, it's cup noodles. There's nothing in between. Your mind's blown. You forgot everything Quentin just said, and all you're thinking is cup noodles. I love that. But man, is there something about Nan's food that had to sit in the crock pot for 12 hours and slow cook. And some of you think, God can't use me because my story's too boring. God can't use me because I grew up in church and I don't really have a story. Can't, God can't use me because my story's not broken enough. God can't use me because my story's too broken. God can't use me because of this. God can't use me because of that. No, God is calling you to do something, but God's when is as important as his what. So calm down, baby girl. God is just slow cooking your calling. And some things take too long and they taste too good (laughs) for it to be done in 30 seconds. God has got big things in store for you. And if you feel like he's not using you right now, it's because he's slow cooking something amazing. So be, what was his word? Patient. Everybody shout patience. Hey, one more time. Can we just thank Quentin for sharing his amazing story? So cool, man. I can't wait to see what God does through you guys on your school campus this year. Absolutely awesome. Um, I also just wrote down, like, like uh, some things you did really good in terms of preaching, like things that you did naturally. Like you said, hey, if you open your Bibles up to Genesis chapter 17, we're going to come back to that. And you gave people time to open their Bibles to that instead of just going straight into it while people are trying to flip through. The- there was a day and age when, like, you'd say as a preacher, open your Bibles too, and you'd hear this. Like the pages of Bibles all throughout. No, you don't hear that. But you get, that's, that's, a, pro, that's a pro move right there, Quentin. You might have a future in this stuff, man. Um, hey, there, there's, this, uh, there's this guy I met a few years back um, who, from the moment I met him, I was like, there's a calling on this dude's life. And um, I believe that God calls each and every one of us to do something. And whatever it is that God calls you to do, that's your ministry. See, we get all caught up in like, I'm called to ministry. And it's like, we think that like this is ministry. Um, Our guy, where's Jackson at? I just saw you a second ago, Jackson. You're here somewhere where you're like, oh, Jackson's probably doing the bathroom checks because we do check our bathrooms to make sure that people aren't in there vaping and stuff. So (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) Um, but Jackson, uh, Jackson uh, is here with us on staff at the church, helping us with some stuff now. And uh, he's been here for a few days. And day one on the job, Jackson brought, um, there, was a, there was a family who, who didn't have food. They hadn't eaten in like three days. And Jackson, oh, there's Jackson. Hey, what's up, Jackson? There you are. Uh, Jackson uh, brought food to um, this family who didn't have food for like three days. And so he bought a box of food. Then this has nothing to do with his job description with us. That's just ministry, right? So people think this is ministry and like talking on stages is ministry and leading worship is ministry. And cool, those things are ministry. But also it's just like other random things that God calls you to go and do. And whatever God might call you to do, that's going to be your ministry, right? If God calls you to be a teacher, that's your ministry. If God calls you to be a dentist, you clean them teeth, (laughs) to the glory of God. (laughs) 
if God calls you to be a doctor or a firefighter or maybe a police officer, like I thought, I thought I was going to be a police officer. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> like, I love, we have some friends, I have some friends who are cops uh, here in the church, and, and they're great men and women. I would have been a terrible cop. We all know this. I would have just sat at their cars, supposed to give them a ticket, and just talked to them for 30 minutes about how awesome they are and how much I love them, and then just let them go, even though they went 150 and a 35, and it was a school zone. <laughs> but, but whatever God might call you to, that's your ministry. Here's the thing about Jake. Jake's called to full-time ministry. All of that to say, Jake is called to full-time ministry. This guy is called to pastoral ministry. And, and that's something that was just so evident and, and so obvious to this guy. Um, and that's not something that I say arbitrarily, randomly, flippantly, or without weight or value. I say that um, very, I often say that, like, I often say that rarely. That's like a, your, what did you call it, a calm storm? That's like a calm storm. I often say that rarely. <laughs> Every time I say that, I say it with, with a level of caution when you're called to ministry. But we know, we see this on his life. He's an amazing young man. He's got a call on his life. So do me a favor. Don't get tired on me. Would you stand to your feet? Would you put your hands together? Make some noise for the one and the only Jake Mosher. Hey, how y'all doing? One second, got to open it up. Nope, it's not flipping. There we go, okay. So, hi, I'm Jake. I really hope you all are doing good. Uh, I'm a student at Biola University up by L.A. Yeah, Woo, go Eagles, I guess. Caca! Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I've been coming to the bridge for about four years or so, Um and a couple things you should know about me is uh, I'm super extroverted, I'm very loud, and I'm really nerdy. Uh, I thought I was unique in that, but I'm definitely not, apparently. Uh, is, is anyone else here just, like, absolutely unashamed to say they're a nerd? Like, like who here watches, like, like Vsauce or, like, Veritasium on YouTube? Okay, I love those sciencey guys. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. If I like it, I'm going to totally geek out about it. Um, so a couple things I'm into are, like, music. I'm really into languages. Si yo puedo hablar español. Uh, and for los gringos, um, I speak Spanish. Yeah, that's what that was. Congratulations. Uh, and uh, another thing about me is I absolutely love anime. Uh, Attack on Titan is the best. I'm just going to leave that out there. Attack on Titan is the best anime there is. You can fight me on that, but it, you're wrong if you disagree. Um, but really, above all else, I'm just really excited and always obsessed to talk about the Bible. And today I just want to talk to you all about what it is that God has done in my life to bring me here before you. Everyone is on a journey, but this one is mine. So first off, I just want to tell y'all a little bit about how I came to be saved. And bear with me, because it definitely is awkward. And I'll get into that. So y'all remember how Corey said that he went to a Christian club because he was offered pizza. Well, I showed up to youth group because of a middle school crush. Yeah, and you know, it's kind, of a sh it's kind of shameful that I want to be a pastor, and now I always have to tell people, yeah, I found Jesus because of a girl in middle school. I, I don't know, I just really hate that fact, but here we go. Um, and also, maybe some of y'all came here today because of a girl or a guy invited you. I pray you get saved. <laughs> be like me, please. Um, but uh, yeah, let me get into it. Uh, for those of y'all who are wondering, no, this girl is not my girlfriend. My girlfriend back there is Lauren. She's fantastic. 
Um, and yeah, Lauren did not do me nearly as hard as this girl did. <laughs> um, oh, and also, here's just a little bit of wisdom for you, uh, for you guys out there. Don't talk about an ex or a girl you used to like, but especially don't do it on stage. Just really avoid that. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we really get into anything, I just want to give you my sermon in a sentence, okay? So note takers, write this down. It is good. The same Savior who saves us, sustains us. You hear all those S's? That's good preaching. The same Savior who saves us, sustains us. Okay, so what does that mean? What does that mean? I'll break it down a little bit. God is concerned with more than just getting you into heaven. God is concerned with what you're going to do with your life. He doesn't just want you to end up with him. He wants you to do life with him. Uh, God wants you to live this life well with him. So many people think that their journey ends when they get saved. But there's so much more that God has in store for you. We, let me put it another way. We weren't just saved from hell. We were saved for God. We were not just saved from hell. We were saved for God. Now back to my story a little bit. I was raised in a Christian home, uh, but I didn't really know Christ. Uh, for example, there were times where I would tell my parents, oh no, I don't want to go to Sunday school because I don't learn anything. And that was partially true, but mostly I just hated going to Sunday school, um, which, you know, not very good, right? Um, so I really didn't know Christ, and, you know, middle school comes around, and this girl, we'll call her Marge. There's not a Marge here, right? No? Okay, good, praise God. If your mother's named Marge, don't think about her, please. Um, yeah, so Marge invites me to her youth group, and I show up, of course, because I want to impress her, right? And um, Marge says, uh, says, oh, hey, Jake, how's it going? And kind of just leaves me at that. And uh, goes and talks to other guys at the youth group. You know, she had other friends that she cared about more than me. It hurt, but it was fine, I guess. Um, but what I, I, you'd say this, that I came for the girl, but I stayed for the pastor. Because he started to preach things about, about me that I didn't even know. He just, every word that he said hit me deeply, and I wanted to know more. And eventually, he even encouraged us to start reading the Bible on our own. Um, and I did. And that's when I started to learn about um, God's plan for my life and his purpose for me. So those note takers, point one, purpose. God wants to work in your life and make something out of it. God wants to work in your life so that he will be glorified and that you will be satisfied. God wants to work in your life for your good and for his glory. God has something he wants to do with you. Don't mix that up. Don't misunderstand that. You have purpose in this life. So if you have a Bible, open up to Ephesians 2. Uh, and that's towards the end of the Bible. Let's see if I... I don't have it tabbed because I'm a sinner. Okay, yep. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Cool. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does this mean? What does this mean for us? This means that God has a purpose in your life. In fact, do you know that God is actually our only purpose in this life? Do you know why God made you? God made you so that you could live forever with him and enjoy him, so you could do good works with him. That is our purpose. And when I started to read this and understand this, everything about me started to change. Now, know this about me. When I was in middle school, I really didn't like myself, frankly. Um, Caleb back there on uh, the computer, he actually knew me back then. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, 
I went around people-pleasing. I was just trying to find my worth and my identity in the people around me. And it just left me really empty and sarcastic and cynical and just rude. My entire life became about performance for others, but I didn't even know what part I was supposed to play. But I want you to know that that is not God's plan for your life. If you keep going around to all these different people and they all keep letting you down, they will continue to let you down. But God has hope for you. God has made a way for you. Go back to verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's go back to that word handiwork. What does that mean? What does it mean? It means that God specifically made you exactly how you are. God did not make a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. You are not a mistake. You're not a mistake. God made you with every little thing, every interest you have, because he wants to do something in you. God looks down at you and says you are a marvelous creation. That just really resonated with me because that's not how I was feeling in middle school. I felt worthless. I didn't know why I was here, what I was supposed to do. Let's go to the next part. It says that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has good things planned for you, and he's making a way for you to get there. God is preparing a way for you to do those things. God's not just leaving you saying, oh, well, I hope you figure it out. No, God is with you every step of the way, hoping that you will reach out to him and you'll ask him for help. God is with you and has a purpose for your life. If you take anything away from that, just know that our purpose in this life is to love God and to enjoy the good works that he's prepared for us. After being a Christian now for a lot of years, uh, just know that it is far better than what you could be living otherwise. But after I started to learn about my purpose in life, I became really, really obsessed with just perfecting every little thing that could go wrong, everything. I wanted to be perfect because I wanted to do right by God. And that brings me to the next point, perfectionism, perfectionism. Now, I've always been a perfectionist. Anyone else here a perfectionist? Just like every little thing, you feel like you have to fix it, you have to do everything. Okay, for those of you who aren't perfectionists, I apologize on our behalf. I know that you don't care about which there is supposed to go there, T-H-E-R-E, T-H-E-I-R, T-H-Y apostrophe R-E, but they're different and it matters to us. So just, I'm sorry. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> so my perfectionism goes back till I was really little. So when I was like three or four and I was building with Legos, I had to do everything perfectly symmetrically. If it wasn't symmetrical, I would break it and I'd start over just so it could be symmetrical. It really messed with me for a long time. Um, another thing is uh, I remember vividly the first B that I ever got in school. I remember it because I tried so hard in my English class not to get this B. And well, lo and behold, I got a B. And it, it stuck with me till now, frankly. <laughs> I don't know if I recovered. Um, and another thing is just language learning. Whenever I uh, try to learn a language, I'm super into them, and I super geek out, but I have to get the accent right. Like, if I don't get it right, it, it just bugs me, and I feel like an idiot. I don't know. Um, so all of that to say, I, br I brought perfectionism also into my faith. And I started to read through the Bible as a rule book, just full of do's and don'ts. And the Bible is so much more than that, but that's all I could see it for. I would work harder and harder and harder just to get past my sin, funny thing about that, the more you work to get past a sin and to get away from it, the more you just fall into it. Because you're constantly saying, hey, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Wait, what? What's over there? And you just go over to it. 
Because that's all you're thinking about. It doesn't work. I would learn something new in the Bible. It says, hey, don't do this. And I'd be like, okay, I won't do that. And I'd try with all my might not to do it. And then I'd mess up and I'd feel horrible. I'd learn something new, mess up, feel horrible. That was all that, I, all that happened to me. And it happened so much and so often about the exact same things that I started to really doubt myself. Like, I mean, am, am I even really saved? Like, sure, I raised my hand and I prayed the prayer, but why am I still here? Why am I still messing up like this? It, I shouldn't be this way. Um, so my, my existence became really painful. I mean, I loved God, but every waking moment was filled with guilt because I still wasn't perfect. It was eating me from the inside out. So if this feels like, if that's what, if that's what life is like for you, I pray that you get something out of this. I really hope you do. Because this is the most important lesson that I have learned since I came to my faith. When the Bible talks about salvation, it actually talks about two types of salvation. Now, I know that might sound like heresy. I promise you it's not. Give me a second, okay? Uh, open your Bibles, if you can, to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. It's towards the end again. And uh, just a little context for 1 John. Um, it was written by John the Apostle to um, some churches, some uh, churches in um, like Turkey area, modern-day Turkey area. And he was writing to these people who were already saved, but they were starting to feel like they could perfect themselves, like it was their job to get rid of all their sins. And he had to correct that, right? So for those, 1 John uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What does this mean? What does this mean for us? How does this apply? Well, remember how I said that these people were Christians? They were already saved. But then in the, for the first verse, verse 8, he says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. What does that mean? It means that even though you're saved, you were never going to be sinless in this life. Don't deceive yourself thinking that you will one day be able to reach that. You won't. That's not our job. You are never going to be perfect. And just know that that's why Jesus came and died for you. So if you are saved and you still feel like, oh, I better be perfect, know that you don't need to be perfect. Jesus died because you're not going to be. Gosh, I'm getting excited. <laughs> um, and also, let's go back to verse 8. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we claim. John's including himself. You know, some people think that John, what, possibly Jesus' best friend. In his own gospel, he calls himself the beloved disciple. He was very, very close to Jesus. This guy, possibly the person who was closest to Jesus, is saying that even he, even he isn't sinless. And I think if John's not sinless, we don't need to worry about the fact that we're not sinless either. God's grace is enough. But just, and just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you're not saved. God's grace is enough for you. I cannot tell you how much knowing that would have radically changed um, my faith and my life and my day-to-day. Uh, and I have another point. Um, so what, what can we do? What do we do then? So, okay, if I'm not going to lose my salvation, if I sin, what do, what do I do about my sin? Do I just keep on doing it? No, no, no. You don't just keep on living in sin. You've been set free from your sin. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross for us. And l- let's look at verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins. And he will purify us from all unrighteousness. 
that last part, that he will purify us from all unrighteousness. God still wants to purify you. God still wants to clean up your heart so that you can be truly free. But it also says he, he will purify you. It's not our doing. It's not our job. What does this mean? It means you don't have to fix yourself up. You just have to show up. You don't have to make yourself perfect. God's going to, God's going to work all that out. God's going to work the sin out of your life. God has a plan for you. You don't, need to be per- you don't need to fix yourself up. You just need to show up. So every time that you sin, don't run from God saying, ah, I, again, again. How could I do that? How could I do that to God? But don't do that. Don't run away. Run to God saying, I'm so sorry. God, take me back. Heal me. You, Lord, only you can purify me. Pray to God that his spirit will empower you to give you strength so that you can walk in purity away from that next time. This has been one of the absolute hardest things for me to learn over time and just in my life. But we cannot rely on ourselves. I used to think that, you know, because I was really good at a lot of things that maybe it would be the same way for faith, right? I would be able to clean myself up and then I'd be able to say, oh, good job, Jake, good job. But no, that's never how it works. Every time that I would trust myself to get rid of my sins, I just fell deeper into them. It's Jesus who sets us free from our sins. It's God who lifts us out of that dark place. So that's what I mean when I say that the same Savior who saves us sustains us. If the keys want to come up, make me sound holy, you're allowed to do that. (laughs) What does that mean? It means that the same God that died for you is the same God who's going to heal you from your sins. God is our ever-loving and ever-working Father. He's working in us and through us to bring about his good and glorious creation. He wants to do something in your life. But it's not something you can bring about of your own, of yourself. But God will work in and through you. So if you want to live a good life, let God be your purpose. Let God be your peace. Don't go around trying to make your own purpose in life because that's going to end up just like how I was in middle school. You're just going to end up people-pleasing or searching after something that's just not going to fulfill you in the end. But if you seek after God, God will fulfill you. Because that's what we were made to do in this life. So stop worrying about what's going to happen. And know that the same God who saves you will sustain you. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that these words would, that they would be true. Lord, that, that they would sink deep into our hearts and that we would know... Um, just, Lord, how much you care for us. Lord, the plans that you have for our lives. Lord, I pray that we would start to seek out your purposes for our lives. Lord, that we would rest in your restorative work. And Lord, that you would heal us from our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for Jake sharing his story? So, so, so cool. So encouraging. Jake, first time that you have, first time that you've preached, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We will go down in history as the first place that Jake Mosher ever preached. We have that forever. So, so cool. Where's Lauren? Where you at? Lauren, you're so much cooler than Marge. We're so happy that... (laughs) We're so happy that Marge did him dirty and cut him off and forgot all about him as soon as they got to youth group. And we're stoked that he found you. So, hey, give it up one more time for Jake. Love you, dude. Appreciate it. 
And there was, there was a few things that, like, as you were talking, Jake, that I just connected with um, as well. And that uh, I, you know, um, I began to think about some students. Because I've been doing, this is your first time preaching. I've been doing this for 12 years. And in 12 years of preaching, I've, I've met and, and I've walked through journeys with a lot of different people. You know, one of the most heartbreaking things um, about people's journeys, about walking with them through the good times and the bad and all of that, one, one of the most heartbreaking kinds of journeys is, is when someone will come to Bridge Youth or they'll come to church or they'll have a moment with God and they'll get saved. They'll serve God. They'll be really passionate about their faith and They'll see God starting to do some stuff in their life, and then they'll disappear. And then we don't see them for a while, and then I'll end up running into them like at the mall or, or the gym when me and Quentin go and lift those things, what are they called? Weights. Um, those things that are on the way to the basketball court, those are called weights, Eli. We, we just walk right past them. Well, Eli's been lifting, actually. <laughs> um, and I'll run into them at... at the mall or at, you know, at Chick-fil-A or something. Oh my gosh, like, what's up? Like, how are you? How have you been? And often I'll get into this part of the conversation. And what happened? Where did you go? Like, we, all, we miss you. You know, you came to Bridge Youth and, and you became part of the family and you were one of us. And, and, and like, it's not the same without you. I tell you so often it's something like this you know I tried the God thing but it just wasn't for me I say okay, okay well elaborate like what does that mean well here's the thing like before I you know before I tried the God thing like I, I was over here in the party scene or, or I was doing this or I was I was over here doing this stuff and then and then, you know, then I tried the God thing and, you know, I was there for three, four months. You saw, like, I was all about it. But, dude, then I fell back into that. So, yeah, I tried the God thing. It just didn't work out for me. A.K.A., they think because they're not perfect, they're not saved. God addressed that in First John. Jake just broke that down so eloquently not only through 1 John, but his own personal story. Can I tell you, just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you're not saved. And so many young people, can I tell you, if you're recently saved, if you're about to get saved in three minutes, because some of y'all are about to get saved in about three minutes, okay? <laughs> know this. This is not how God operates. God does not go, okay, you're a Christian now. No more messing up. And then you mess up, and he's like, whoo, you're cut from the team. Young person, God does not operate that way. The scriptures that, that, that Jake talks about being so uh, 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 nerdy about, and, and I love you, uh, you did, Quentin did some pro stuff. You did some pro stuff, too. He said, oh, you know, First John, that was written by John. He called himself the beloved, conceited, come on. And, you know, he was actually writing to some believers. These people were Christians. They were Christians. They were believers in modern-day Turkey, right? Like, breaking that down, that was such a pro-preacher 
preacher move on your part, Jake. That was dope. Um, but, but, but God's scriptures, you know what it says? It says, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. What does that mean? That means God, this is what God does. He goes, holy moly, there's a bunch of sin over here. Look at all this sin. Better bring a bunch of grace. It's like, it's like imagine a little match. How much water would, would you need to put out a little match that's just on fire? Just a little bit, right? Have you guys seen those videos of the guy who, who stands behind the shelves in like the, 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 the gas stations and stuff with the squirt gun? He goes, pew, pew, and he'll like shoot people through it. Like that's all you would need to put out a match, right? Like just, pew, and then it's out. Imagine like this, imagine this whole table was on fire. Well, how much, how much water would you need for that? It's a ton, right? Like imagine the whole, this whole section of the stage was on. How much water are you going to need for that, right? You know what God says? Oh, that, all that, that. Imagine the fire is sin and the water is grace. And God sees this huge raging fire and he says, well, dude, I have oceans and oceans and oceans of grace. You've got a lot of sin? No problem. I've got a lot of grace. Oh, you've messed up again? No problem. I have a ton of grace right over here waiting for you. But somehow, and, and Jake said it so well, this does not mean that we just go back to sin, that we just jump back to the sin. And I have to repeat this just because it's so good. I love that Jake talked about this, where people go, people's answer, they get saved, they become a Christian, they're like, all right, now I'm gonna not sin. How are you gonna not sin? I'm just gonna try really hard to not sin. It's like I'm gonna, you ever try to hold a beach ball underwater? <laughs> like, that's what you look like. I'm going to not sin. It's like, boom, and it like pops up. You're like, ah, oh, dang it. What are you going to do this time? I'm going to try harder to not sin. I'm just going to really focus on don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. What are you focusing on? What if we just focus on Jesus instead? What if instead of don't sin, don't sin, we just go, dang, Jesus is amazing. Wow, like you, you want to use me How? Wait, you mean to tell me that I've messed up 737 times in the last 736 seconds and you still have forgiveness for me? Whoa, that's, that's so cool. You created a planet called Canis Majoris. If you were here for the Marvel series, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow, like, God, I didn't realize that that part of your story was in the scriptures and you just showed how faithful you are to to Abraham and, and Sarah. That is so cool. By the way, it's hilarious that he goes, nah, your name's not Abram no more. It's Abraham. I wonder if God asked him, like, is that cool? He didn't. He just, imagine God came to you and was like, hey, you know, no longer is your name going to be whatever your name is. And he goes, ah, instead we're going to go with like cheese ball. <laughs> You're like, do I have a say in this, God, or no? <laughs> nope, cheese ball it is. Oh man, God, like you call me by a new name because everybody else called me worthless and you call me your handiwork. Wow, God, like you actually calling me to like serve you on my school campus. And before you know it, you guys actually forgot that I'm stepping left of the stage because sin is over there. And you see how much distance is now between. So we weren't focusing on that. We were just focusing on what God had for us. Can I tell you, young person, who tonight, before you came to youth, you were up to no good. You were doing the, you were doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. You were texting or calling or watching or looking at 
things you know you shouldn't. Can I just tell you? You might be here thinking to yourself, this is great for everybody else, but not me. Hey, you're just struggling with the exact same thing that Jake struggled with. I'm not perfect. That's okay. You don't have to be. Jesus, that X on the treasure map of life that Quentin talked about, he wasn't as perfect. So you don't have to be. You have, I literally have like a full page of notes from Quentin and a full page of notes from Jake. And I could sit here and talk about so many things. Because you said, I remember when I got my first B. I remember when I got my first B. It was the other way around. <laughs> I had only gotten C's, D's, and F's. And so for me, it was like, yeah. For you, it was like, no. I was like, yes. <laughs> Man, um, I love the way you broke down. You guys, go read 1 John. 1 John 1, 8 to 9, a million times. Go read that a million times because there's so much there. And I'll just say one more thing before we pray and then we're going to move into a moment of worship. But um, I think we have a graphic and, and, and I'd love to put this back up. You don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to. You don't need to fix yourself up. You just need to show up. know how many people I've talked to that goes, oh yeah, Corey, dude, I'm totally come to church. I just need to get some stuff together first. I can't be going to church like with all this, you know? Let me get some things fixed up and I'll go to church. That's backwards. And some of you, like you, like some of you are only here tonight because you're Quentin or Jake's friend and you came to support them and you're like, I'm not, like this is not my thing. I don't really do church because, and maybe I will down the road, but I got to fix some stuff up first. That's backwards. You don't need to fix yourself up. You just need to show up. Can I just say, that's not just for the unbelievers. That's for the two, the two dudes who grew up in church who watched VeggieTales and I had to piece together the fact that the pirates do nothing is a VeggieTales, that's a VeggieTales the pirates that don't do anything is a VeggieTales episode it's a movie where's all the other heathens who didn't grow up in church and didn't know that that was a VeggieTales movie we were too busy being saved watching Marvel movies okay the Christian in the room to think that God forgot about you because you've been slipping up lately. And here's, here's the words you've used. Here's the words you've used, maybe in your own mind, maybe in actual conversations. Man, I'm just so far from God. He ain't far from you. He ain't far from you. You don't you don't have to fix yourself up. The prodigal son tried. Okay, let me, let me clean myself off. I've been literally sleeping with the pigs. I've been in pig pens and the dirt and then the 
grime and my life is so messy and it's so jacked up. Let me clean myself up. Okay, let me get a pen and some paper and let me piece together an apology to my dad so that I could go back. This is a, this is a, a, a story that Jesus told and, and it's a parallel of God's grace for us. He said, I'm gonna, I have this whole, this whole speech to apologize to my father and it's, I, I've sinned against God and against you and I don't deserve to be your son or a part of the family, but maybe I could just be one of your employees and just one of your workers. And so he's walking, he's in a far off land is what the Bible says, and he's walking home, rehearsing it under his breath. Okay, I've sinned against God, I've sinned against you, I don't deserve to be your son, but maybe I could just work for you and be an employee. And then the, the dad, who was like glued to the porch, looking down the road, waiting for his son to return, sees him, and in that day and age, they wore robes and they kind of looked like dresses. So he had to run. He was like, I'm going to run to my son. And he hikes up his robe and he runs to his son looking like a dang fool. But he didn't care. And then he, the, the son sees the dad running up to him and he goes, oh, no, my speech. He's pulling his speech out of his pocket. He's like, dad, I've sinned against God. And, again, and his dad wraps his arms around him, ignores the apology speech altogether, and begins to celebrate that his son has come home. And kids, dad, wait, I don't deserve to be your son. He turns around and says, hey, to all the guests, do me a favor. Get, yeah, sorry, vegans, kill the fatted calf. What does that mean? We about to eat. We're going to barbecue. Get ready to throw a party. He takes a ring and he puts it on his son's finger. Why is that important? Because this ring was the family ring. This says, you're my son. See, you're my son. You're my daughter. This isn't something that you have to earn or deserve. Because God doesn't say, behave and get saved. He says, believe and receive. And you don't have to be perfect. Thank you for driving that home for us tonight through your story, Jake. Thank you. So you're going to get that chance right now, in this moment, because some of you, okay, I know it's not you. It's the people watching online, right? It's those on the YouTube channel right now. They thought like you did. Well, I thought that I had to be perfect and sinless and never mess up be a son or a daughter of God. No, you just have to show up. You got that opportunity right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes. It's a public setting, but a private moment. Right here, right now, if that's you, you want to make that decision, the decision that I made at 15, the decision that Quentin made, the decision that Jake made. You want to take the pen of your life. You want to hand it to God. You want to let him write the next chapters of your story. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to respond in just a second. And I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. I'm, I'm just going to count to three. And when I get to three, just so I know who I'm praying for, would you just throw your hand in the air and you can put it right back down. If that's you, this is your moment. This is your time. You don't have to fix yourself up. You just have to show up. You've been wondering, when is God going to start using me? This is the first step right here, giving your life to him. When I get to three, you lift your hands. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Not anybody else. Amazing. So many hands going up. So cool. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you. This is the best decision that you can make with your life. I promise you that. So proud of you. 
you can put your hands down. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you'll be saved. That's what we're about to do right now. We're gonna pray together. If you're watching online, you respond the same way. Just pray with us. Wrap your heart around these words. I know what you're thinking, some of you. I've never prayed before. That's okay. It's just talking with God. And I'm literally gonna give you the words. And because we're a family, we pray together. All of us are gonna repeat this right out loud, right after me. Would you say this? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm gonna follow you thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, really, really quick, so we're, we're, we're running a little bit late. Uh, text your crazy moms who are all mad that people are taking the Christ out of Christmas. Let them know. Quentin said, uh-uh. X is the Hebrew symbol for Christ. Let them know. Just run a few moments late. We don't want to miss uh, the opportunity that we're about to have right now. But if you just prayed that prayer, it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And we want to do something with you called the next seven days. It's our free gift to you. Uh, the next week of your faith journey is going to be one of the most important ones. And, and we just don't think that you should do this journey alone. God designed us to do life with him and with other believers. And, and so that's our, this is our way of um, helping you along your journey. You can get in a really simple way, whether you're watching online or here in the room. Literally, all you have to do, this is it. Just go to our Instagram, at bridge, Y-T-H underscore. You don't even have to follow us. If you want to, go ahead, bink, hit the follow button. But the follow button does not make the bink noise when you hit it, by the way. It should, but it doesn't. But you can hit the bink follow button, or you can just go bop and hit the message button and DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. We'll get you these videos. We'll connect with you. And I promise you this, it will be a blessing for you on your faith journey. One more time, can we welcome people into God's family? Hey, we're going we're gonna to move into a moment of worship quickly. Would you stand to your feet? If you want to worship at the front, would you head up to the front? I want to ask you a question as you do, something as Jake's talking, as Quentin's talking, something that's just was put into my heart. I, I feel like God dropped this in my heart through their stories. God spoke to Quentin. I love, Quentin, that you're like, I wasn't asking God. I was telling God. Like, I did that too, and I was like, I don't know if, like, we have that, like, leeway. That's like, an, that's like a little ant walking into your house and being like, hey, listen here, buddy. And you're like, what? You know, like, God could be like, uh, who are you? But God's so gracious and merciful and, and so for us and not against us that he's like, oh, this, this guy's, I don't like this guy's tenacity. You know, he's something else. And, and, and then God spoke to you, and God said, um, go be a light on your campus. I love that Jake broke down one of my favorite scriptures, and it, and it talks about how, God, you are his masterpiece, created anew, created brand new, to do good works. Somebody say good. Somebody say works. Say good works. God's called both of these dudes to do something. What's God called you to do? Here's the caveat about our journeys. It's not 
just about you. Because some of you heard my story last week. Born to a single mom, dad was in prison. We weren't just broke, we were broke, broke. Literally getting saved only because of free pizza. Doing my own thing. Doing all the things at 13 that people don't usually do until they're 23. Getting in all this trouble. And some of you could relate to that. Quentin came and started talking about how he, he was like, that's not me. Like, I grew up on VeggieTales. I'm a twin who both of us grew up in church this whole time. We have literally, we have not left our whole lives. We're still here. And I've struggled with the fact that maybe God can't use my story because it's not broken enough. And I'm thinking my story is too broken. Maybe you're like Quentin. You connected with his story. And you're like, wow, my story's like his. And maybe God can use me because now I see him up there sharing his story and his journey. And I'm thinking maybe God can use me too. Or maybe you're like Jake and you grew up in church but kind of walked away but then you're like oh I don't know and maybe you're literally here tonight because there's a cute girl that you followed here not followed that sounds real creepy <laughs> like you know her like you're not stalking her you know you're friends but like she's why you're here or he's why you're here and and like God can use free pizza God can use that too, and that's why you thought you're here, but God has something else in store. What's God calling you to? Because I think even right now, there's something in your head and in your heart. Bro, you're, you're like, you are not on that, you are not on that team. You are, you are not gifted at football so that you could go make millions of dollars. You're gifted at football because God is going to release to you a platform that many of us will never be on, that you'll be able to use to point people to X marks the spot. You thought that you had these songs in your heart, this musical gifting, so that you could go and be passionate about music, man. I do it for the music. No, what you don't realize is God's put that in you so that you could go and use that as your way to point people to X marks the spot. You thought that you had a burden for your school just so, oh, I don't want to be popular. I just want to be, no, no, no. You realize, you're going to realize real quick, it's not about your popularity. It's about making Jesus popular. It's about making him known because you and I can't save no one from their sins. I don't have any more time to elaborate. I have 37 more things in my head and in my heart that I could share with you about social media, about the way in which you create clothing and the way in which you see uh, interior design and other people just see a blank wall. But what you see is murals and images and creation and uh, the way in which you're a great friend and other people, they're kind of sucky at friends, but you're a really good friend and you're really great at being a really good friend to like two people. And you could go be the type of friend to them that will help them in not going and ending their life. And God's called you to do that. Or God's given you leadership skills or God's given you like the ability to get one B your whole life because you just get A's. I was not that guy. I was on the other end. But God's given you this intelligence to go and do something with it for him. What is it that God's calling you to? What is it that God's calling you to? Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? I'm going to pray a prayer and I just want you to have your heart open for a moment. If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands right now in this moment? God, what are you calling me to? What are you calling us to? Would you speak to us? Our hearts are open. 
we surrender our stories and our journeys to you, realizing it's not about us, it's all about you. We surrender to you, we take the pen of our lives, we put it in your hands, we lean into you, and now we worship you, and we praise you, because you are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all praise. In Jesus' name.
doing that and thank you for sharing what God's done in your life but the purpose of that is because we need to be sharing our story how we met God what God has done off of the platform the goal in them being up here is to show you it's not just Pastor Corey it's not just me it's not just our leaders in this room our adult leaders our students you guys are the ones that need to be sharing your faith off of the platform so I hope that you were encouraged tonight that you can do it they had the courage to get up here to do it but it started with them sharing it off of the platform so I want to encourage you to begin to share your story I know that God was speaking I know that God was working tonight so I want to encourage you to share that with somebody. And so can we just give it up for Jake and Quentin tonight? They did a great job. And also, if you made the decision to follow Christ tonight, that is the best decision you could make. So can we just give it up for everyone that made that decision tonight? 
You are just starting your journey. And here at Bridge Youth, we don't journey alone with God. We do it together. We are a family here. And so I want to encourage you to DM us next seven. We will connect you with the leader and we will get you those videos so that you don't have to do this alone. You'll have Pastor Corey on videos kind of sharing with you. And then we will connect you with the leader. Um, and I just want to let you guys know, remind you that we have um, Bridge Men Saturday. There's a breakfast at 8.30. Guys, welcome. Bring your guys and your family. If not, we will see you on Sunday. You guys have a great night, all right? See ya.